Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who Show. I'm Dave. I'm Richard. And this is another episode of our Alternate Galaxies, where we are tonight going to have a chat about... The Batman. The Batman. Once again, we've been to see a movie, we're chatting about it, so we've turned the mics on. As usual, with our chats about recent movies, we will do a bit of pre-spoiler stuff about how we felt. And actually, I've got a few points to, to raise in this, cool. this time before we go into spoilers, and then we will very overtly draw the spoiler curtain down for you and go a bit further in. Richard, welcome. Thanks for joining us once again. No worries. Thanks for having me back on. The Batman. Yes. Much anticipated. Actually, for me, no, this one. Um, and, and look, that's not to say I didn't think it was a good movie. It was just really, when I saw it, I saw it announced, I was like, oh, I'm not another Batman movie. This is our third Batman in 15 years, or, or actually fifth Batman, I think, if you count like the Lego movie and all the animated ones I've done. True. So I didn't really invest a lot of time really into doing much reading or anything on it before I went and saw it. I actually, though, was really quite pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, that's interesting. I was in a similar position. As it got closer, I was very aware of, okay, I'm going to go see this movie. I want yep. to see it pretty pretty early. And indeed, I saw it on a Friday night just after it came out with okay. a brother-in-law, uh, 8.30 Friday, large VMAX cinema, which which was full. Right. Uh, it was absolutely full. People stuck down in the front row. Gee. Poor bastards. <laughs> yeah, I went on a Sunday morning, and I, I think the cinema I was in was probably one not even quarter full. I'm still deciding what I thought of this movie. Okay. And, and, and and the points we've both raised are, are the things I want to discuss before we go into spoilers. The first thing I want to talk about is just where comic book movies are generally, and, and perhaps why I'm not quite sure how I felt of this walking out, because yep. I think we've got very, very used to a very particular type of comic book movie. Mm-hmm. It's what Marvel have done again and again. Yep. Look very well, but Marvel clearly now has a style and a formula. They do drift away from that occasionally with something like Eternals. Yes. And, and, you know, got pretty well slapped for it. DC sort of had leaned into trying to be Marvel for a number of their films there. I mean, Aquaman was very much a we want to be Marvel. Wonder Woman was kind of we want to be Marvel. Yep. Whereas this didn't feel anything like that. And I'm very used to going to a movie, much like we said with Spider-Man No Way Home, where you walk in and there are some key wow moments there's some key the audience cheers moments Mm. some key laugh moments and it's a very fun experience even with some dark stuff thrown in there was there some very dark stuff in no way home there were some bleak moments but it felt like a fun movie you walk out and go that was a really good movie i'd love to see that again the batman i walked out going that was a very well-made movie yes i really appreciate what they were doing in that movie yep was it fun? Was it fun? No. no. No, it definitely was not a fun movie. I mean, as I said a minute ago, look, I hadn't done a lot of you know reading or anything beforehand, so I didn't really have any preconceived notions other than the fact that it's yet another go at Batman, which was interesting because I was sort of thinking, is this another reboot? Are we, we now going to have a series of run of Robin Pattinson movies? I then did some reading, and it, actually I think this officially now takes place actually in another reality. DC has their own version of the multiverse, and this takes place on one of those, I think. So 
it's not so much a reboot as this is an alternative take. Kind of like, I guess, Joker was an alternate take on, on that character. Well, I was about to say, that's the other thing that I wanted to raise as well, which was where is this whole Batman franchise right now? And, and you're right, we've had various disparate takes on Batman. We've also had even more, if you like, takes on the Joker. Yeah, I was going to say, just with the Batman, I think I saw him described somewhere, <laughs> Christian Bale onwards, as angry Batman, sad Batman, and emo Batman, I think. But... <laughs> And, and, you know, I was reflecting on it, and I suspect if I were to do a, a list of Batman movies I've enjoyed and not enjoyed, mm. the not enjoyed list would probably be longer. Yes, I would think that would be true. Uh, look, I mean, I, I, I feel, you know, quite sorry for Ben Affleck, because I think he did a very good take of the Batman yep. in two pretty terrible movies. They were, and he, he was obviously, I think, dealing with some stuff at the time, and I know he found, I think it was Justice League in particular, quite punishing to do. Yeah, particularly with the change of directors and all yeah. the stuff that happened there. Uh, I mean, that, that, that was not a happy time for him at all. It wasn't a happy time for anyone, I think no, that, that true. Time, including the audience, frankly. True, yeah, <laughs> true. Go back before that, and look, I think that, Batman Begins was a very good film. Mm. Obviously, Dark Knight was an excellent yep. film, although a lot of that is Heath Ledger as the it Joker. It, it's not Christian Bale, so I, I, I thought that The Dark Knight Rises was a pretty terrible film, frankly. Yes. And then you sort of you go back and look, I'm very fond of 89 Batman, I'm very fond of Batman Returns. I, I have a soft spot for Batman Forever because I was a teenager when I saw it, uh, and I could sort of see what they were doing. <laughs> I can ironically enjoy Batman and Robin, but it is a terrible film. <laughs> And I kind of wonder, does Batman really work on screen? Because I'm, I'm of the view that Superman doesn't work on screen. They just are not good Superman movies. He's, he's too powerful. Not... No, I think that's a fair call. What, what is Batman? And the thing that he sort of defines Batman is he's not a superhero in the he has no powers, he has no magic. No, he, he is a guy who is so traumatised basically by witnessing the murder of his parents that he dresses up in a bat costume and goes around beating the crap out of criminals. Yes, he's just an everyday bloke in a really cool suit. Yes, who has a lot of rage issues, basically. Yeah, a- absolutely, and there are various different takes you could do on that. This is obviously one of them, and I really liked, and we're, we're leaning into spoilers, but we're not there yet, I really like the idea of Batman as a detective and that, that sort of well, solving crime. Well, that was a note thing. I had. This isn't really a, a superhero movie. This is the sort of world's greatest detective version of Batman. Which is a really interesting idea, and I give mm. them a lot of credit for doing something different and trying yep. to find something original to do with the character. However, it also led to some really bizarre scenes of Batman kind of just standing around a body with a bunch of cops as just another dude. Mm. And, and, and that's an interesting take, but... It's not what we're used to. It's, no. it's a long way from the Christian Bale Batman. It is. I think there was very heavily, I don't know if you've read them, it was apparently quite heavily influenced by a couple of Frank Miller Batman runs, uh, Year One and Year Two. I, I've heard that, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, them. we do the thing that Gotham is decadent and it's corrupt and, you know, Gordon's the only honest cop type thing and you know he builds his relationship with Batman that's pretty much what year one is while Batman is in turn going around and taking down the the crime bosses and that of of Gotham yeah Um, and they leaned even more than Joker they leaned into the idea that Gotham is basically just Manhattan yes to to the point that they just had shots of Manhattan you know it it, it obviously (laughs) was hey guys this is New York but in in a fantasy world yeah pretty much well I mean that's really what Gotham is I think Um, yeah yeah, and the lighter side obviously then is Metropolis 
where, yes. where Superman is. So look, I thought they did that stuff, and I won't go too spoilery yet, but I thought they handled that part of it actually reasonably well. Yeah, look, you did get some weird scenes of Batman just standing around like a procedural type thing, Batman's, you know, like the the um, the crime scene bloke. It was like basically. a law and order episode. Yeah, you know, he's the crime scene guy. They call him to um, <laughs> to, to investigate the scene. Yeah, but, and yeah, there's some blood over there. But Ooh. I guess they did at least do the acknowledgement, you know, that while Gordon clearly trusts Batman's judgment and is happy to work with him, you sort of have the thing where the cops are, you know, freak. Why are you here? Type thing. Again, without going too spoilery, but well, well, let, let's let's lower the spoiler curtain there. Yep. I think we're we're about to lean in there. Well, it does have yeah, spoilers. <laughs> now, the other thing that we probably need to talk about is the length of the movie. It felt like a hundred and seventy odd minutes. It felt like a hundred. And I was looking minutes. at my watch a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't need to be that long. There no. were there was some stuff that was dragged out, and frankly, there were too many plot things in there because. They've loaded this up with villains. Mm. Now, I knew going in that there was the Riddler because I was a fan of Paul Dano and I knew yep. that he was coming out. I kind of vaguely heard that Catwoman was in it. Yep. I must admit, I didn't know that Penguin was in it until I went and saw it. Yep. Likewise. But I, I frankly would have cut Catwoman out of this. So, saying that she's really the emotional heart of the movie probably is, is going too far. But I, I think she's there, obviously, to help that transition from Bruce Wayne from Iron Vengeance to, to, to I am yeah that yeah. sort of thing and really give him that change of perspective he needs to change his world view look I get that but you could have done it differently you yes. could have done it differently and she really didn't add a lot to the plot and, and really became a bit of a plot contrivance mm. when necessary she was busy looking for her friend yep. when necessary she was busy looking for her dad yep. motivated she, by she was where the plot needed her she was where the plot needed her to be yes. doing what the plot needed her to do and really I think he could have sort of moved through <laughs> things a lot faster without her uh, look did the penguin need to be there probably not it could have just been any other crime boss and, and he yep. wasn't even the boss in this one he's, he's, no, he's, it's, he's it's obviously very clearly the, setting him up I was, I was yeah. going to say, this is, this is sort of Penguin Origins stuff. It is, pretty much. Well, I think he's getting a TV series. I think that's it, right, I think. yes. So, yeah, so. And, and look, he, well, he was very good. Mm. I actually didn't pick Colin Farrell under all that makeup. No, I, I would not have picked <laughs> That was an amazing makeup job. I must admit, I had no idea that was Colin Farrell watching it either. But he, he did a very good job. But you didn't need to have three of the regular villains, plus the crime boss villain, yep. plus the corrupt mayor, the DA. There was yep. a lot going on. There were a lot of very cool scenes, but it could have been a lot paced, and you could have cut half an hour out of that, and it would have been a stronger movie for it. I guess since we're talking about the characters, maybe we should actually talk about the, the main man himself. I thought this was a very good portrayal of Batman. Yep. Uh, it's a very I, different portrayal. It is. I think it, it worked for me a lot more, certainly than Christian Bale, who I... I look, I'm a big fan of Christian Bale as an actor, but I never got on board with his Batman. Mm. Uh, it's better than George Clooney. <laughs> Well, even George Clooney doesn't like George Clooney as Batman, so... No. No, I think that's the one with the commentary track is just Josh Schumacher. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, George Clooney apologises yeah. too, I think. But they, yeah. they made me do it. Yeah, pretty much, I think. <laughs> they made me do it. Having said that, George Clooney was a fairly charming Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and that's the thing. I've sort of long had a view that there's an inverse relationship between the quality of the Bruce Wayne and the quality of the Batman. Yeah. This one lent very strongly, obviously, into Batman. It did. And look, as Mark Bernardin pointed out on the Fat Man Beyond podcast, which is first and foremost dedicated to Batman, uh, he did sort of point out that, look, this is the movie where Bruce Wayne learns how to be Bruce Wayne. Yes. It, it was an interesting take, because there is... 
the whole thing with Bruce Wayne, you know, that sort of billionaire playboy type thing, which we don't get in this at all. He he is alone. Even his relationship with Alfred is really antagonistic. He's an arsehole to Alfred. He is. You know, it, it's there's none of that sort of warm, you know, Michael Goff or, or Michael Caine type portrayal of Alfred. Now, Alfred really is questioning every step he makes around Bruce. Yeah. And Bruce, as you said, just treats him like a... Treats him like and, and there's that whole sort of... It's almost like an immaturity probably to, to, to Bruce Wayne as well. And it's not just that he hasn't been doing this very long. He's so full of rage and trauma and whatever over his parent that he basically doesn't give a about anything going on around him except his mission. You know, you see that, that stately Wayne Manor is neglected. There's that scene where, you know, the board members from the Wayne Foundation are coming to and he's just like, who cares? Yeah. That sort of thing. So, you know, he's just so focused on his rage and, and on, you know, being vengeance. <laughs> Which is an interesting take. It's a different take. I give yeah. him full credit for that originality. I do hope that he does grow up and we do see more of the Bruce Wayne in the next one, well, assuming is, there is a next one. Yeah, I guess he does sort of have the, the, the hero journey or whatever through the, the movie, as we said a minute ago. You know, he realises the truth about his family and some of the, the home truths about Thomas Wayne and that his mother was from the Arkham family and, you know, spent time institutionalised. And, and he has that own development that he is there really to bring hope to the city of Gotham, not to just beat up criminals. Yes, but are we both saying that the guy from the Twilight franchise did a good job? Yeah, I think so. I think so too. (laughs) Now, speaking of Arkham, uh, the Riddler. Yes. I'll, I'll come out and say it. Paul Dano was the highlight of the movie for yeah, me. Yeah, I think he was too, actually. He, he would have been my player of the film. He was chilling in the sort of the costumed Riddler stuff. Yep. And then the stuff where they actually capture him and get him in the asylum. Yeah. He, he just was freaky in that. Well, I was going to say, considering that the previous movie iteration was Jim Carrey, <laughs> in, in total Jim Carrey mode. Yes, at the, at the height of that Jim Carrey. Yes, yes, indeed. Or I guess you've got the, you know, the Frank Gorshin one in the 60s, but... They were all played deliberately over the top. This is a really hard, gritty take on the character. You know, he is nasty. He's probably more in keeping with that, you know, that sort of idea of the modern disaffected outcast, you know, sort of conspiracy theory types. You know, they lurk online, they shun actual society. And, you know, he is so warped, really, that he believes Batman is actually helping him achieve his vision. Yeah, um, it was a really clever and really interesting take. Yeah. Really well done. I, I think that this is thematically the cousin of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I, I think so. He's every bit as broken as Bruce Wayne. It's not in the same way. You know, he grew up in an orphanage. He only knows abandonment and whatever. But he, And he's been on the receiving end of the inequality and everything in the system, whereas you know Bruce has led a privileged life even if he was alone. Yeah, um, and, and this is just he, again him taking his rage out on society. Yeah, I, I've got some other points, but I'll, I'll come back to them when we get back to the sort of the finale and the yeah. the plot. Look, I've already said I thought the penguin was very well done. Yes, a minor character here, but I think they'll do a lot more with him. Yeah, Catwoman was perfectly fine in terms of the performance, but yeah. Just just one element too many for me. Yeah, I, I thought, just drop it back to the Penguin for a sec. Look, I again, I thought he was really well done because, again, look, your previous movie iteration is, is Danny DeVito. That's a sort of typical Tim Burton sort of twisted I, I must type. admit, I really like DeVito's Penguin. Yeah, and I guess if you're sort of more my vintage, um, the other sort of touch point is Burgess Meredith. 
<laughs> in Batman 66. Who, who is perfect for that movie. <laughs> yes, he is, and, and, and indeed in the TV series. But, um, you know, this is probably closer to the Penguin in the comics. Penguin doesn't have any superpowers. He's not in, He's not a nutcase like the Riddler or the Joker. He is perfectly sane. He is a crime boss. His shtick, basically, is he's kind of like the kingpin in, in the Marvel Universe. He's the guy behind the scenes directing everything. Yes, and I must admit, I haven't seen all of Gotham, but what I've seen of Gotham, mm. the Penguin was the big breakout, standout yes. character for that, for me, and I think for a lot of other fans mm. as well. And so yep. I think they were leaning into that as well. Uh, any other characters that really stood out for you? I, we probably should touch on Alfred, I guess, saying that, you know, a minute ago, what we really see is Batman, you know, just treating him like dirt. Yes, uh, Andy Circus plays it in a very well weary way which which certainly yep. works you certainly get that feeling that he's doing this for the love of well, the father yes he's been thrust into this role that he really didn't want he's not suited to and he is actively questioning himself through the movie is what he did you know in trying to keep bruce wayne on the straight and narrow actually contributed to him becoming the batman yes you but know, he's, he's also treated appallingly by, by he, bruce. he is i mean look i guess they get that moment of reconciliation later in the movie um, you know, where Bruce goes and visits him in hospital and they, you know, have the clasp hands and whatever. But True, true. although it does start with him waking up from almost being blown up and you lied to me, you yeah, bastard. Yeah, that's right. But, I, I must not, not, not even how you're feeling. No, I noticed that too, actually. <laughs> straight into the abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he was good. I, I enjoyed a lot of the performances. It was really fun to see the Carver twins rock up. Oh, yes. I, I quite enjoyed what I they did. The twins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Because um, I must admit, I've seen them in quite a few things going way back to Teen Wolf. So, right. So I, I was quite amused to see them rocking up. So I want to talk about the plot. Yep. There was stuff in here I really liked. I liked the way that all the world was blending together. I liked the corruption. I liked the way that the Riddler's backstory linked in with Bruce's backstory, yep. which linked in with the corruption of the city. And that was all very, very effectively done. I thought that the last act was a bit bizarre. And I must admit, once the Riddler was caught... And let's just make the point here. The Riddler is caught not by Batman. No, he's caught by the police. But I I guess you sort of have that thing probably with procedurals. Procedurals really are all about keeping the suspense and the mystery and, you know, uncovering the clues and whatever. And it is sometimes very hard, I think, when you sort of draw back the curtain, the whole thing doesn't just collapse because it becomes implausible or whatever. So, look, I thought that was a nice touch that, you know, look, getting captured and being taken to Arkham was all part of his plan. He obviously hoped that the, the, the Batman or whatever, he would have got Bruce Wayne and the Batman would be there with him. It, it worked because of the performance. Yes. But the beats around that, I think, were actually quite weak. Mm. A, a lot of these very clever Riddler riddles we're, we're, we're not we're not that that intense uh the, the 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 moment where it's like he used a carpet removal tool let's look under the carpet yes that that was a bit 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 lame but but the the other stuff as well like where they sort of did no foreshadowing on no setup you know no, no sort of there was no Chekhov's river no there was no Chekhov's flood flood wars. no or the fact that he sort of had this little army that he'd been gathering of you know like-minded incels or whatever online yeah I mean that part I don't mind so much because he was doing his little live yeah, streams or whatever oh he's got 200 viewers like mm. in, in, in that case our podcast pretty impressive and <laughs> Spaceform must be awesome <laughs> <laughs> if 200 is, is amazing well done Riddler but 
the stuff with all the flood walls really just sort of came out of nowhere. And, and for a movie that was really feeling its 180-something minutes, mm. it was just like, where's this coming from and what is this? And I suppose there has to be that final twist, though, doesn't there, that you think you know the whole story, you think you've got the guy in custody, and then, oh, no, he's still got a trick up his sleeve. Do you? Kind of, well... Like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned, but you're, I was you, say, you've I was, got the guy, you've I, got I the bad guy. I suppose that's kind of the trope bit, isn't it, though? Yeah. You, you sort of want that final twist that you think you know everything, but, hey, look, there's yeah. still something to happen. When you're two hours, 20 minutes in already... <laughs> Yeah, that's probably my biggest criticism of the film. It outstayed its welcome. Yeah, there was too much they were trying to do. They were really trying to draw it out. Now, part of that was very successful. There was some great imagery in this film. There was. That was actually a note I had. I mean, the Nolan films were hailed as being you know really dark and gritty and a really just a take. And it's interesting because it was only PG thirteen. Yes. In, in the states, it was what MA here, I think. Yes. But this is arguably more. I think, in some ways, in the way a lot of it's set up, you know, it was and some it was nastier. Probably in the individual deaths that it showed, more realistic too. I mean, we see Batman working on the Batmobile. He doesn't have you know Morgan Freeman and a whole R and D section there providing him tech. He actually is rebuilding that car himself. And the Batmobile is just a souped up. It is a souped up car. You know, the the Batcave is linked to an abandoned you know, underground railway tunnel. It's not some mystical cave that he finds under the house. It's actually... Yeah, um, and, and, and to draw on yeah. the point you were making about the killings, even the Riddler was performed as just another guy. Yes. And so when he's killing somebody, it's just a guy stabbing another guy. Mm. And, and I say just, it was very effective, but it was, this is, as I say, more law and order than it was back it, it was. It is very much a procedural. Yeah. But look, it looked really good. I thought that they... The car chase scene. Yes. That was amazingly well shot. It was. That was incredibly well done. There's some really good direction in this movie. Some of the stuff in the nightclubs was really well done. Yep. Even the confrontations at the end were you know, really, really well shot. So, look, huge credit to the director. This was an yeah. amazing movie. The score, I thought, was really good and really intense. Yeah, well, it touched on the music. A lot of people picked up sort of on the Nirvana tracks and yes. the, the use of those, those sort of, you know, themes and that to, to make the leap motifs and whatever in the movie. But... Yes, but I thought the score was particularly strong. Uh, although there was a very key sort of you know Batman theme, I did sort of end up a bit like you know the theme in Jaws. You know, it was like all yeah. oh, that music's playing. Batman's about Something's to do something to cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably my notes, Richard. Anything else from no, you? No, I don't think so. I think that that's a reasonably good discussion. I think. So look, as we've talked this out, I've decided I did enjoy the movie. Yeah, but it wasn't what I expected. No, very much no, likewise. It was too long, it was too convoluted, and I do think that there is a bit of a creeping vibe and tone coming into some of these movies that, you know what, this audience is going to come and stay and watch what we tell them to watch, we don't need to be really hard on the edit, and, and I think that that's going to be a mistake. The same thing happened with Eternals, I enjoyed Eternals, but that was yep. that did not need to be three hours. No, not at all. June, uh, on the other hand, I lapped up I all the three that. hours, so, uh, yeah. uh, but look, this, this could have been shorter, but it deserves points for doing something new and different with the character. Yeah. It deserves points for the acting. It deserves points for the direction, which was very good. Yep. Points taken away for being a little bit obvious in places, being a bit long. But overall, yeah, look, I did enjoy it. Yeah, that's fair. I, As I said, I went in there. I didn't really have any expectations going in. I did enjoy it. Funnily enough, actually, a lot of superhero movies sort of walk out and you get the main beats of it. This is actually one I think, now I've gone away and had some time to think about it, I'd actually like to see again. I think and rewatch probably you know maybe not for another month or two 
but actually just rewatch it and see if I pick up anything different the second time. Yes, I definitely think that there are some character plots and threads in there yeah. that we would appreciate more when we know how their threads end. Yeah, and, and I have to say, I probably haven't really felt that walking out of a lot of the Marvel movies. No. Look, No Way Home was a really fun movie. But it was. It, was, it wasn't a complicated movie. No, it wasn't. And, and there wasn't really anything I walked out of there thinking, oh, I wonder what they were actually trying to say there or anything. And I really, oh, maybe I should go and watch it again so I can see if I pick anything else up. Whereas this, I think, is like that. I think maybe in a couple of months' time when it comes on to streaming... Yeah, I, th- I think this is one that could age very well in the way that yeah. Dark Knight has aged very yeah. well. There, there is actually stuff going on in there. We always end by asking the question, where to next? We'll start by asking where to next for this film and this set of characters. Well, I think very clearly, I don't know if they've greenlit a sequel yet, but I think, obviously, given um, Riddler's cellmate in uh, in Arkham, they're very clearly setting up for, for something with the Joker. Yes, and the actor's been cast. Yeah, so... It's it's one of the guys from Eternals. Yes. I did actually have the point, just speaking of the Joker, whether that white-faced gang that Batman beats up sort of early on in the movie actually were sort of Joker freaks. Just just thinking of the guys in the in the face painting that at the end of Joker. Oh, yes, okay. Um, whether they were some sort of, you know, like Joker tribute gang or something, but I, the movie didn't go anywhere with it, so maybe not. Yeah, look, I'm definitely very keen to see more of Robert Pattinson. I think he has a very good Batman... Yep. I, I want to see the character age up and evolve a bit. Yes. I'm going to just put it out there. As somebody who was a fan of Robin, I would actually like to see Robin come into the, one of these and movies at some properly. point. And done properly. Look, no disrespect to Chris O'Donnell, who <laughs> who did what Joel Schumacher and the studio asked, asked him, him to, to do. do. Yes. Um, you know, no disrespect to him for doing what he was told, but I would like to see a real serious take on Robin. Yep. So not Burt Ward. <laughs> Look, again, Burt Ward is amazing. I love Batman 66, uh, but... Yeah, no, and, and, and looking at what they're doing with the ex-Robin characters in Titans, yeah, I, I think there's some really good scope down to, to bring that in, and mm. this would be a way to do it. Where to next for DC? Well, we noted before we turn the mics on, this is another sign, perhaps, that DC is abandoning their attempt to ape Marvel, because Joker was a standalone, it was. set aside from the universe, very yep. successful, this feels very set aside in the universe. Yeah, it does. Been quite successful and quite well received. Is this the point where they go, let's just dive deeper into doing interesting and different films? Maybe. Rather than trying to do another version of Marvel. It's interesting because you would think if you sort of look through the... Particularly on the villain side, DC has got by far the more recognisable characters and, and probably the characters with you know some actual heft to them that you could oh, do something with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. And, and then on the other side, you know, you, we've seen a, like a great Joker, a great Riddler. Then you've got a whole other pantheon of characters they could do. So we're getting, I think, the next Shazam movie. I think is out. Yeah, not too far away. And I must admit, I'm really looking forward to Shazam too. Yeah, so am I. And I think we're actually getting the Black Adam movie as well. So yes. On the other hand, though, the Flash movie has been delayed. Again, and mm, I, yeah. I, I have five bucks quietly on the table that we're just not going to see the Flash movie. No, and you know, Cyborg's basically been written out of the canon. Is the future again? Maybe on TV. Maybe Shaz- Shazam was a really fun movie. I'm looking forward to that sequel. These things do not need to play against each other. And I mean, you you couldn't put Shazam into Robert Patton's Batman. No, not at all. And you probably couldn't put Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman in there either. No, no, she doesn't fit in that universe either, I don't think. No. And, and any recast of Superman, again, you've got this Batman who's just a guy who's very angry, mm. you know, who builds his own Batmobile in a cellar. 
And in that, you're going to put the guy from Krypton who's got extra vision and fly. Who's basically invulnerable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just... I, I don't see those things working together, and I don't need them to. We don't need to have a cinematic universe. Marvel's done it. It's done it fantastically. Mm. DC can maps do, do interesting things. Yeah, I think so. I'd actually like to see them maybe go off in, in slightly different tangent, because they don't need to ape Marvel. No, and, and I think their more successful films have mm. been the ones that haven't. Again, Joker, Batman, yep. Shazam. Yep. Well, that brings us to an end of our discussion about the Batman. We're interested, as always, to hear what you thought. Do send us some tweets, send us some emails. Yep. Uh, we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse coming out on May the 5th. Yes. Now, I am on record as not being a fan of Doctor Strange or Benedict Cumberbatch. And in fact, I could not finish the first Doctor Strange movie. That, <laughs> that was just painful. But they are bringing in some very interesting stuff here. And I think, look, we've all noted from the trailer a certain actor's voice coming in. Yes. And so we're all keen to see what that's about. Unrelated to that, Picard 2 is on at the moment. I was going to say, one, one I'm quite keen to see, we're getting in the Marvel TV series, Moon Knight starts, I think, at the end of this month, actually. Uh, yes, I must have been, I know nothing about that, so... That, that could either be really good or really weird. Uh, yes, so look, I know that Rob will probably be keen to talk about Picard 2. I think it's... Fair to say we're all keen to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. When that comes out, the trailer having dropped fairly recently. And uh, that was a pretty cool trailer. It was. But look, the point is there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. And yeah, next well, is probably... Well, they know we'll pay for it, so... They, they, they know we'll pay for it. As I say, I, I couldn't finish Doctor Strange 1, but I'm going to go and see Doctor Strange 2 probably the week <laughs> it comes out. So who's the greater fool, the fool or the fool who follows him? That's I don't right. know. On that, on that bombshell... I've been Dave. I'm Richard. And we'll speak again soon. You've been listening to Alternate Galaxies, the podcast where Rob and Dave from the Doctor Who show take a look at other great sci-fi and fantasy that we think Doctor Who fans might like. You can reach us at hello at the dwshow.net, on Twitter at the dwshow, or on Facebook forward slash the dwshow. Alternate Galaxies is an irregular podcast, so stay tuned to the Doctor Who show and other programs on our feed to know when the next episode's coming. Our theme music is called Wretched Destroyer and is by Kevin MacLeod. Find him at incompetech.com. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.